0: I indeed uh, appreciate the pastor's uh, willingness to share and allow me to share with him in the uh, teaching uh, of the Revelation. But before I begin this morning, I want to give a kind of an introduction and background some of you may have not been here through the entire series of uh, Revelation, so I want you to be with us as we talk this morning uh, about the 8th chapter of the Revelation. But before I do that, let me just say to you that uh, just as I, I did the sanctuary this morning, I received a text. And uh, it was about the fact that my oldest sister, Debbie, uh, passed away uh, in the glory of this morning. I have fond memories of Debbie because in 1985, I was in Venezuela. And I received word when I was in Venezuela, just before I was to preach, That my father had passed away. So those with me, we prayed and asked the Lord, What would you have us to do? Should I go home or should I? And I talked to my sister on the phone. And she said, this may sound cruel to you. But she said, let the dead bury the dead. You preach the word for the living. Never will forget those days. And so if she was to give me advice today, she would say, she called me Randy. She would say, Randy. Don't you be concerned about me. You just preach the word to the Living. She also gave me a card on a little scripture. Many of you may remember coming to your table, and in the table there was a little chest kind of thing and pulled out the scriptures. And was the verse for the day? She wrote me a uh, note. That's when I was in college. And she said, "I want you to take this verse Peter, wherever you go," and I have done that ever since. I received it, and it's Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Amen. You can see my sister Betty and a lot to me in my Christian coach. She had not spoken to anybody or indicated any consciousness to anybody for over a week and a half. And I arrived there on Tuesday evening, and I said to my niece, "It was about ten o'clock when I arrived at night." I said, "Take me to her bedside." And she said, "Well, I need to prepare you for what you're going to experience," and I said, "Take me to her bedside." <coughs> So we got to the hospice unit and I walked in and they pulled the curtain back. And I said, sis? And she opened her eyes. So I went a little bit closer to the bed. And she had not made any movements or anything. (laughs) And she raised up from the bed. She wanted to give me a hug. And the family said, we can't believe this. She hasn't spoken to anybody. Hasn't given any <coughs> I said, so my prayer was that my sister would recognize note. one the last time. And I thank God for that. I left on Thursday, I had a prayer with her, and I said, the next time we see you, I'll see you, Lord. Amen. Okay. So this morning, before we have our meeting, I'd like for us to pray, and then we will stand there <coughs> and have our audio reading uh, before I uh, bring your message. Heavenly Father, another of your great saints has passed from this life into your presence. A person who had a legacy. Her Christian devotion and her dedication to you and to your ministry. It's going to be hard for her, her husband, who they've just been married 68 years. For her son, who has taken it very hard and who has taken it very hard. And for Debbie and David and Jimmy especially, do I pray this morning that your presence, your undergirded presence would be with them? And may they not look at that frail body that has now lost its breath. <clears throat> May they look to the resurrected body. That will have fresh breath breathed into it. Father, you give us our breath. You give everybody their breath. Breathe into the nostrils of man and became a living soul. But one day for us all, we're going to receive that. Breath. Last breath. We're going to breathe that out. And we're going to be in your presence forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, our Father. For the encouragement that you're going to give to the family. And to those who will be ministering in the service. Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now let us update ourselves as to the journey that we have taken in the Revelation. If you can remember, the first chapter of Revelation is all about the vision of Jesus Christ. It is a vision that then is applied to chapter 2 and chapter 3 concerning the messages to the church and then in the fourth chapter you are in the throne room of God in the fifth chapter You come to the Lamb that is in the midst of the throng. And in the seventh chapter, which was last week's message, you come to the 144,000 and the multitude that no man could number. And here's the way it is set up. You have those seven churches. And out of that seven churches, you flow into the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God has presented a scroll. That scroll has seven seals. And as you come to chapter 6, one by one by one, those seals are broken. Seal number one reveals a white horse representing military conquest. Seal number two represents a red Representing war. Then seal number three, a black horse. The famine comes in. And then seal number four represents the pale horse. Hell and Hades. And then the fifth. Seal as its (coughs) brother. You have the martyrs that have been killed for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And those martyrs have a question for the Lord because it's the Lord that's opening each of these seals. And the question of those martyrs is, how long, O oh Lord, how long will we have to keep being scoffed at, being ridiculed, being slain? And in the 7th chapter of Revelation, the 8th chapter of Revelation that we're going to be talking about today, the Lord answers that question and allows those martyrs as well as others to be have their scoffing, their ridiculing, and their persecution revenge. And then after the martyr section of the seals, then you come to the earthquake that literally shakes the earth. And then there's movement in heaven. And that leads us to the seventh seal, which we're going to be talking about. We're going to be reading about in just a moment. But remember the importance of those seals. And as we come to chapter 8, we're going to begin to see seven trumpets. And we'll see the importance of those seven trumpets as the seventh seal is open, and that's the reading today in Revelation chapter 8, beginning with verse 1, would you bring the scripture in? In When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence
1: in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire and the water, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightning, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound.
0: The first angel
1: sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown into the earth. and all three threats were burnt up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from water. a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened, a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound.
0: Verse 14 through 16. We have it. <clears throat> Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast. Our confession, or we do not have a high priest. Praise the Lord that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, very important passage, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's go to the next one, which is Revelations chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. Now follow this connection that we're trying to lay for you. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, or in the throne room, let us come therefore boldly to the one, the throne of grace. The last passage. Behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a what? Lamb. lamb as though it had been slain. And this lamb has seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So this lamb has all power and has all knowledge. Then he came. Who came? The lamb. What did that lamb do? Took the scroll. And how many seals did that scroll have? Seven. So, he took it out of the right hand of him who sat on the what? The throne. We're in the throne room. Don't forget this. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the seventy-four elders fell down before the Lamb, and each of these had a harp and golden bowls full of incense, Notice this character, which are what? Saints. Of the saints. Now, let's look at Revelation chapter eight, one through three. When he had opened the what? The seventh seal. There was silence. In heaven about half an hour. We don't know do anything about silence. We ride in our cars, we've got our radio. We've got our the plate. We hear here sirens going coming right and left. We come to worship. It's all sound. There's no silence. And Revelation teaches us the value of silence in worship. But it's hard for us to be silent. At Calvary Baptist Church one Sunday, I just went to the pulpit. The choir had finished. The organs had ceased. And I didn't say where. And after 30 seconds, you could hear people grasping for some kind of a noise because they were not used to what. You know, it would help us all if we would allow some silence into our lives. The reason we don't can't hear the voice of God is because there's too much noise, and that's what the Revelation teaches. Can you imagine us sitting here for the next 30 minutes saying nothing? What would you do? Hopefully, you would listen. That's the importance of silence. In the still of the night, you will hear. Animals, animal noises that you would not hear otherwise. You know what the Lord says in the Psalms? He says, Be still and know that I am God. We don't know how to be still, and that's part of silence. I saw seven angels who stand before God. These seven angels, by the way, are known as the angels of presence. Of presence. They are archangels, just like Michael. And Michael was the prayer angel for Israel. And we're going to see how that fits in. I saw the seven angels and they stood before God and to those seven angels were given what? Seven Seven chocolates. Do we have the next (coughs) one? Then they're important. You will see in chapter 8 the intervention of angels or presences which interrupt the flow of things happening. Another angel, not any of the seven angels. It is another angel. And he has a golden censer and he came and stood at the altar. This is the altar of incense. It could not be the altar of burnt sacrifice because of the fact there is no need for animal sacrifice in heaven because the lamb has already been sacrificed. that he should offer it with the what? Read it for me. With the what? Prayers. Prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and 10. where Jesus was asked to teach us to pray by his disciples. He said, this is the way you begin, by honoring and glorifying the Father, our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed or to be reverenced is your name. Then, this is what you pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will what? Will be loud. As it is where? Amen. So let it be on what? Now, we want to go to the prelude that this is all about. Silence in heaven. I think I heard the words in the song a few months ago, Whisper of Prayer. Right? Why is heaven silent? Why are the four living creatures not raising praise? Why are the 24 elders not raising praise? Why are they not singing worthy is the Lamb? What's happened? What's about to happen? It's about for us to see that the prayers of all the saints are about to be offered up to the Lord. How important to you is prayer? How much time do you spend in prayer? Habakkuk two and two says, "The Lord is in His holy temple; let all the earth be silent before Him." So, what's happening in the silence? What's happening in the silence? Here's what's happening in the silence. For you see, there are seven angels that are standing before the throng and each of those angels, during the spirit of silence, is given seven trumpets. So that's one thing that's being done in this half hour. And then another thing that occurs is this another angel. And this another angel comes to the altar and has a golden censer and then is given to The much incense that is to be, listen to this, mixed with the incense that rises to the Lord. Now follow this. We're still silent. There is no noise, there is no racket, there are no suggestions. But all is silent so the almighty God Yahweh in his throne room can hear even the whisper of the prayer of a saint and child of God. Isn't that marvelous? that all of heaven is hushed for the reception of one prayer before the throne of God. Which tells me, and should tell you, how intensely interested God is to hear from His children. And we take that for. But he wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your needs. For otherwise the Bible would not say, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace where we can receive the help we need in our time kind of need. All of sudden, Whisper a prayer. What does this tell us in the presentation? It tells us first the importance of the prayers of all saints. Can you see that altar? And the prayers of all saints that are on and offered on that altar. It's so important for us to realize that God does not receive our prayers and throw them away. He keeps them. You see, here they are just piling up and piling up and the smoke of the incense for the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angels I don't know if this moves you or not, but it moves me greatly to know that God would keep the prayers of all the saints. That's you, if you're a believer in Jesus. That's me as a believer in Jesus. He wants to keep them. And so they are offered before Him. Now here's the bottom line of this. Our prayers are kept And offered up. So let us be encouraged to pray. Amen. Amen. We don't say a lot about praying. We don't pray much either. But the power for the Christian life is in prayer. The Word of God we read indeed speaks to our hearts. But in prayer, what happens? Our hearts speak to God. That's important. So be encouraged to pray. But then the next thing, not the importance of the prayers of all saints, but the imperfections of the prayers of all saints. Many times I've asked people, do you have problems praying in public, Or can I call on you to pray and lead us? The answer is so many times. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know how to say it. And I don't know what the others will think of my praying because I've heard so and so pray and they are just majestic in their prayers. <laughs> hey, folks. God is not concerned with your perfections. He is not concerned with what other people think. If you're praying it to the person next to you, you're praying it to the wrong person. Amen. And that's why these prayers of all saints ascend in this passage. So, what is this incense, the prayers of all saints? Mixed with this incense. Incense is a sweet smelling substance. I had a funeral one time in the Catholic Church. And as they passed down the aisle, the priest kind of blew it this way and threw it down. It almost fell over the Because <laughs> I, as a Baptist, wasn't used to that kind of thing. And so here that incense is mixed with the prayers of all saints for the reason that our prayers are perfected in the eyes of God. And we don't have to worry about how we approach the Lord, but we need to understand the Scripture says, you have the right to boldly present yourself here. What are you afraid of? If you're a child of God, why are you afraid of your Father? In heaven. You shouldn't be. You say, well, He's to be revered. He's to be reverenced." Yes, He is to be revered. He is to be reverenced. But He's also a Father who understands your heart. prayer is important and God in looking at our prayers looks at them as perfect the same way that when he looks at your life in my life as a believer. He does not see the imperfections. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made oh Amen? Amen? And so, through the blood, the Lord sees as his perfect child. Have you ever wondered how and why Jesus said, Be you perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect? Ever wondered that? The Lord has never asked us to do anything. That we are not capable of with Him. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. That's the power, that's the strength. So, don't be afraid to pray. The Father wants to hear your voice. And so, the bottom line is, our prayers are perfected in Him. So therefore, be excited to pray. Are you excited to pray? Why not? So here in this 8th chapter we get an understanding of how the Lord looks at the prayers of all saints. And He doesn't look at them like we do. But then there's something else that is the influence of prayers of all saints. For many years, I have been told that prayer indeed changes things. You ever heard that before? How many of you heard prayer changes things? In the end run, it does. Prayer is the <coughs> But the first thing that prayers do to change you, change me, and then you and I, in that changed state and renewed state, are able to do what? To change things. You see, the Lord uses our hands, our minds, our feet, our totally, in order to do and accomplish is divine. So prayer is important. Our imperfect prayers are made perfect. And then we can be excited about it. And the influence of the prayers of all saints are recorded in the four trumpets that say. Remember a while ago I mentioned about the fact of uh, the trumpets coming out of the seals. Well let's look at those uh, trumpets. Let's look at the first trumpet. The first trumpet is related to the vegetation on earth. Now let me stop here to give you a little rundown here. We have the seven seals. And there's something that happens in regards to each of those seven seals. Now we're going to the one, the seven trumpets something happens in relationship to each of those seven trumpets. You the seven Yes, it is. did. you say seven trumpets? Yes, it is. And then come the seven right now. Now get the picture. There's a certain judgment that comes in the seven seasons. there is a intensity of judgment that happens with the trumpets sound. And then when the Lord gets ready to fully bring wrath on the earth, there's seven bowls of wrath. The intensity of judgment gets loud. Why is there a certain line of judgment in the seals, and then follows a certain line of judgments in the trumpets, and then follows a certain line in the bowls of wrath? Why? Because of the mercy of the Almighty God. Who doesn't just come and say at the beginning it's time to end all of this. They messed it up and messed it up and messed it up. I'm going to take it in my hands and I'm going to destroy the whole thing. Well, But instead, he gradually, gradually brings his And he leaves room for what? Repentance. And so we understand and know that in one period of the trials and tribulations, there are those that are still not listening. That's when the seals complete. Then they, the trumpets start sounding. The Lord says, okay, I gave you room. I gave you space to repent. But I'm a merciful God, and so I'm going to give you some more, but I'm going to do what? Screw the vice down. That's what he does with the trumpets. First trumpet. One third of the vegetation is what? Burn up. Do you see how it works? You see how it works? The seals, the generality of what he's doing, laying out his plan. In the trumpets, he's ex- executing his plans. And screwing down the lid tighter and tighter and tighter. But still given what? Room and space. Now you've got to remember that all of these trumpets are sounding and the destruction is coming because of the prayers of all saints. Get the picture. The second trumpet sounds. One third of the sea is turned to blood and the sea life And the commerce that occurs on the sea is destroyed. One third. One third. The vegetation, one third. There's not as much vegetation left to draw from. One third of the sea life. One third of turned to blood. One third of it useless. You folks listen. To the great picture of the almighty God as he reveals himself. And then the third trumpet sounds. One third station. Moon and the stars. Pardon. Are you folks getting the picture of how God works? <coughs> he takes his control dimmer on the throne and he just says, okay, a little bit less light from the sun, a little bit less light from the moon, a little bit less light from the water. Can Anybody see the difference? (laughs) Of course there's a difference. One third of the light. You think about at night when you see the moon reflecting the sun. If the sun was not as brilliant hot as it is, it could not reflect a full intensity on the moon, the moon reflecting the stars, and it just its like a dominoes. So one third of the sun, the moon, and the stars. Do you think that Almighty God has a right to do what he's doing. Isn't that what the prayers of all the saints were crying out? How long? How long? So God is answering not much longer. It is not God's will For anybody to perish, but for everyone to repent. Because of what reason? Because he is long-suffering to you and to me. What does long-suffering mean? Having a degree of enduring patience. Now aren't you glad that God has enduring with us so the bottom line after the fourth trumpet is that our prayers will be answered so be exhausted in your praying so what are you talking about Hey, Jesus set the example for exhausted praying. When He was praying to the Father, He prayed and He prayed so intensely and so exhaustively that every fiber of His being was in His prayer and He had blood. sweat. His sweat came off as what? Blood. Have you ever prayed so hard and so intense and so exhaustive that the pores of your skin look as though the sweat were blood. That's right. That's intensity. But that's exactly what Jesus did in setting the example for us. And don't you think that these prayers of these saints, those who were the martyrs in that chapter that we just talked about? And they said, how long, Lord? How long, Lord? How long, Lord? That was pretty exhausting. What do you think it would be the difference in this congregation? <coughs> if indeed we were excited about the privilege that God has given us to pray and then exhausted you know? But look what the <laughs> Everybody hears it. Can you imagine having something above you, well up? Lloyd was talking about this morning in the (coughs) Nehemiah chapter, how that Ezra stood on a wooden platform, elevated, and how that helped all of that 50,000 throng, 40,000 throng, whatever how many there were out there, standing to hear the Word of God read, that they were able to hear it. Can you imagine being like an eagle flying through the heavens or an angel flying through the heavens and you hear these three things? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Because those three words are greater intensity in answer. silence is good. Silence is bad. When you go home today, turn off your TVs, turn off your radios, turn off your husband, your wife, your children, baby, as much as you can. We need to be silent in order to hear the voice. Is <coughs> God speaking to you, Is the Lord speaking to you? And there's some of you here this morning that <laughs> need to be able to pray to him. Because really and truly, until you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you cannot call him My Father and pray. So first of all, you need to let Jesus come to you. Pray, confess your sins, repent, and ask Him to come in and say you yeah. And then thank you for doing that. And then, my dear friends, you can join the prayers of all the saints. And if you are a child of God, you and I. temple of the Holy Spirit. And since they are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have an altar within our lives so yeah